Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Thank you for having me again. Thank you, pastors. I have fallen in love with your pastors. Do you have the best pastors? I love talking to them because it does just cause you to think bigger. You know, I like being in an environment that causes me to grow. I told the first services that I was reading an article about fish, which I just happen to have. And they were talking about that there's a certain species of fish. You put them in a small aquarium and they'll stay small. You put that very same fish in a large body of water and it will grow to its intended size. The article said that people are the same way. If you stay in a small and limited, harsh environment, you're going to stay small. But if you get around people like your pastors and people in this church who think big, who dream big, who speak big, then you're going to grow to the size God intended for you to grow. Isn't that the truth? So you're in the right place at the right time. I just want to encourage you with that. So are y'all ready to get right into this? Okay, let me just remind you, I told the first service this, that I know I sound like Joyce Meyer because I get that all the time. (laughs) No, I know I sound like I'm seven. But the Bible says that God speaks in a still, small voice. I have the voice of God, okay? (laughs) So if you can get past the voice, I have a few things I want to share with you. I'm calling this the five morning habits of the most successful people. Um, And this is a very practical message, but also very spiritual because I'm absolutely convinced that if you'll change your habits, you can change your whole life. Because that's exactly what happened in my life. So have you ever heard the phrase that people are rewarded in public for what they practice in private? People are rewarded in public for what they practice in private. Just think about in the Bible, David, he killed a lion and he killed a bear in private with nobody watching but it prepared him to kill Goliath in public with everybody watching. See, here's the thing. God can't use you publicly until you get victory privately. So I want to share these five habits with you. And some of you may remember, how many of you were not here last year when I spoke? Okay, so some of you who were here, you may remember this story, but I thought I'd just share it with you again because I love it. But it's a true story about this young kid who had just graduated with an MBA and he went to a John Maxwell conference. So I want you to just imagine that there's 2,000 people in attendance who paid $2,000 each. Let's get the pocket calculator and do some math, okay? So 2,000. Hey, this crowd's more awake than the first crowd. (laughs) They actually laugh at me. Okay, 2,000. $4 million in one weekend is how much came in. So this kid said to John Maxwell, he said, "Um, I want to do what you do. John Maxwell said, what do you think I do? He said, well, you speak at these events, you write best-selling books, you impact lives. He said, I want to do what you do. Maxwell said, young man, it's not a matter of doing what I do. He said, the question is, do you want to do what I did so you can do what I do? Now, here's my point this morning. You can't have a million-dollar dream with minimum wage habits. You can't have a million... Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Can't have a million-dollar dream with minimum wage habits. So this kid said to Maxwell, he said, 
well, I want to lead a business. I want to lead a department or a team. He said, where do I start? John Maxwell said, good question. Start with you. He said, if you wouldn't follow yourself, why would anyone else want to follow you? So I'm going to share with you these five morning habits of the most successful people. Now, John Maxwell, he coined a phrase called the rule of five. Some of you probably heard this in business if you study personal growth. It's called the rule of five. And this is what it means. He said, just imagine that there's a tree in your backyard and you pick up an axe, which I happen to have. (laughs) And he said, just imagine swinging at the tree five times every day and you put the axe down. The next day, you pick up the axe, you swing at the tree five times, put the axe down. The next day, pick up the axe. Every single day, if you swing at a tree five times, what eventually is going to happen to the tree? It's going to fall, right? He said, not 50 times, not 500 times, just five swings at the tree every day, eventually the tree's going to fall. And then John Maxwell said this, find your tree. He said, what is your dream, your goal, your vision, that if you were to do five things every single day, mountains of impossible dreams would begin to fall down? Well, that's exactly what has happened in my life, is I finally started changing my habits, doing five simple things every single day, and everything began to change. You know, God's done some amazing things in my life, and I can't even tell you how grateful I am. I think every single day I say, thank you, Jesus, like 57 times a day because I know I don't deserve what he's done in my life and I know that I could not do what I'm doing without him. You know, um, I think I've written 14 books now. We have a TV broadcast called Live Your Dreams. Our YouTube channel has gone over 34 million views. I think we have a quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube. Um, We have 23, 24 people on staff now. And I'm just amazed at what God has done. But to appreciate it, you have to know the backstory a little bit, don't you? So I was telling the first service how, just to kind of summarize it really fast. But when I was 14 years old, I was raped by a guy at a fitness center. Never dreamed in a million years I would lose my virginity on a gym floor by a complete stranger who could care less about me. And to this day, probably doesn't know who I am, doesn't even know my name. Well, after that happened, I thought I was seriously the ugliest person in the world. I had such a poor self-image, such a rejection complex. And I got into an abusive relationship. And I let this guy abuse me physically because of how ugly I felt about myself. You know, if you think you're worthless, you'll let people treat you like you're worthless. Finally, I got out of that relationship And my senior year of college, right before I graduated from Texas Tech, I got pregnant before marriage. And I was laying in my floor in my apartment in Lubbock, Texas, scribbling in my journal, I want to die. Because I just felt like the biggest loser. I felt like I was going to be the biggest disgrace of my family when they find out I'm pregnant. Finally, I decided to face what I was going through. Three weeks after I found out I was pregnant, I got married. Kenneth Copeland, if some of you know who that is, Kenneth Copeland and my dad, Jerry Savelle, performed the wedding. I borrowed my sister's wedding dress, and I literally walked down the aisle like this because I was so ashamed of myself. Three weeks after the wedding, I lost the baby. So I just felt like a loser, had no vision for my life, and for 11 years, I just slid into a rut. So for 11 years, 
I paid my car note every month, paid my credit cards every month. I lived paycheck to paycheck. Finally, 11 years after all that, I woke up and had this wake-up call. I had recently separated from my husband. We were this close to divorce. Here I am, no money in our savings account, living paycheck to paycheck. My house was sort of a mess. I was a mess. And by then, I had this five-year-old little girl looking to me for this inspiration, for a role model. And I sort of looked into the future and just realized, unless I do something to change my life, this isn't going to be just a season of regret. It's going to be a whole life of regret. And I didn't have a success coach come to the house and tell me, here's what you need to do. I just got desperate for change. So I got a piece of paper and a pen, and I just wrote down five things I was going to make myself do every single day for 21 days. That was my big goal. If I could do this for 21 days, because you know, psychologists say if you do it for 21 days, you can break a habit and start a new one. Well, at the end of 21 days, I thought, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go for a whole month. At the end of the month, I said, I'm going to go for two months. Then I went for three months. Y'all, that was in 2002. This morning, I woke up in freezing Michigan, and I did the five things. (laughs) I've never stopped those five things. Well, then one day, I heard John Maxwell make this statement. He said, if I could just come to your house and watch you for 24 hours, I could tell whether or not you're going to be a success or a failure. I thought, how in the world? He said, you pick the day, but let me just watch you from the moment you wake up until you go to bed that night. He said, just by observing you in one day, I can tell him what direction your life is going to go. Then he said this, the reason I say that is because the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. I'm absolutely convinced if you change your routine, you can change your whole life. So are y'all ready? Okay, we're going to learn the five things. Here we go. Number one, successful people pray and meditate. Pray or meditate. And I'm talking about successful people in all walks of life. Cameron Diaz, Jennifer Aniston, Paul McCartney, Jerry Seinfeld, Conor McGregor, Steve Harvey, Oprah Winfrey. Do you know that successful people find meditation vitally important? Now keep in mind, some of these people communicate with the universe. We communicate with the creator of the universe, don't we? That's who we're meditating on. Well, Joshua 1.8 tells us it's a key to success. That verse says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you should meditate day and night and observe to do what's in it, and then you'll make your way prosperous and what? Be successful. So God says, if you want to be successful, meditate. Well, my dad taught me this very important principle. He said, every time you go into your prayer time with the Lord, always take two things. Take a journal and take a pencil or a pen. I'm from Texas. This is just a regular pencil for us. So, <laughs> but he's, this, this crowd is livelier. I like that. But anyway, my dad said, practice hearing the voice of God because God wants to speak to you even more than you want to listen. In fact, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice. Well, then I began to learn from successful people like Jim Rohn, who was one of the greatest motivators. He said, a life worth living is a life worth recording. In other words, write down what you hear during your prayer time. Even if you're not sure, is that God or am I just making this up? Write it down anyway. Now, there's a verse in Jeremiah 30 verse 2 where God even said, write all the words I've spoken to you in a book. God said to journal his time. 
Yeah, you're talking with him. Why? You know why? Because we forget. You know, when you hear something and you think it's the Lord, but you're not even sure, write it down because you will forget it if you don't write it down. When you hear something valuable, write it down. When you need wisdom and direction and clarity for your life, write it down. This is where I've gotten all the direction of what I'm doing today came about right here. In my prayer time, listening for the Lord and not even sure most of the time, is that my own head or is that God? But you write it down anyway. You know, God wants to do something so amazing in your life, but you have to take the time to ask him and to journal it. I was telling the first story, a friend of mine was watching the Food Network one night and they had this contest where whoever won the first round of competition got to have a world-renowned chef on their team to help them make the next dish. So this lady, she wins the contest and they get this chef on her team and the next challenge is to make a dessert. Well, the world-renowned chef that got to be on her team with her just happened to be the number one pastry chef in the world. And their, their challenge is to make a dessert. So she's obviously going to win the contest, right? So all of a sudden, they start the clock, and the world-renowned chef walks into the kitchen of this novice contestant and says to her, what do you want me to do? And the novice says to the world-class chef, I need you to cut the fruit. And the chef said, what? And she said, yeah, I need you to cut the fruit. And the, the judges looked at each other and were going, what? And I'm sure, I think people watching were probably throwing fruit at the TV going, are you insane? <laughs> and the world-renowned chef said to this lady, are you sure that's what you want me to do? She said, yeah, I've got a recipe. I just need you to cut the fruit. And as you can imagine, she lost. And she deserved to lose. You know why? Because she didn't even know what to do with the greatness that was standing in her kitchen. And she diminished her by asking her to cut fruit. Well, do you know the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? And God is saying to you, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do in your life this year? How big can you ask me to do something? God wants you to ask him to do something so big that only he can do it, right? So let's not diminish God by asking for something small. So spend time praying and meditating, even if it's for five minutes, it's better than no minutes, right? Okay, number two, the second thing I began to discover is that successful people read, and they read a lot. Now, I hated reading books. In fact, I was telling the service earlier, I said one of the dumbest things I ever said was when I graduated from college, I made this big announcement to my family at the graduation party. I said, I will never study again. Now, that's the dumbest thing I've ever said, but the sad thing is I backed up the dumb promise for 11 years of my life. I never picked up another book because I thought I've paid my dues. I don't want to read. I hate reading. Well, I found out successful people are readers, and I found out in the Bible, Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's what was happening to me. For 11 years, my finances were being destroyed. My savings account was being destroyed. My career was being destroyed. Nothing was growing because I stopped growing. Well, all of a sudden, one day, I said, I'm going to make myself do this for 21 days. So I set the alarm on my phone for 20 minutes, and I said, I'm going to make myself read. And that first day that I was reading was like torture. I kept checking the clock. and It was like three minutes have gone by. <laughs> I hated it. But I did it again the next day, and I did it again the next day. And all of a sudden, 
something surprising began to happen. The more I read, the more I began to learn. The more I began to learn, the more I began to earn. Within nine months' time, I went from being over our media department where I work to being CEO of the entire organization. People started saying to me, how do you know all this stuff? And I would be like, I don't know. I guess it's something I just read the other day. Well, I began to grow. When I started growing on the inside, everything started growing on the outside. You know what happened the next 11 years of my life? I went from ghostwriting books for other people to authoring books. I went from attending conferences to speaking at conferences. I went from just watching TV for hours after work to hosting a TV show. What happened? (laughs) I just set a goal every day to do something to increase my knowledge. In fact, I remember hearing someone say they define the word poor in a unique way. They said the word poor and the reason people stay poor is because it means passing over opportunities repeatedly. Passing over opportunities repeatedly. And you might even feel like me. I said, I haven't had any opportunities. That's the problem. But they said, no, every day you have another opportunity to get up and to invest in yourself. Every day is another opportunity to increase your knowledge, increase your skills, right? So I want to tell you this story real fast because I love this. It's a true story about a friend of mine. He, um, when he was about 17, 18 years old, he was a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate, wanted to be a businessman. He wanted to go off to a university, you know, and he said he's sitting in math class And he heard this knock on the door, and he said, for some reason, just in his spirit, he knew something wasn't right. Well, when the the door opened, it was the principal calling him out of class to give him the news that his father had just had a massive heart attack and instantly died. He said, in one moment, my entire life changed. He said, my dad was there for breakfast. He wasn't there for dinner. Now, his dad was the pastor of a local church. And my friend Joel, he said, when that happened, he said, my whole outlook of life changed. He said, I started thinking, I can't go off to a university. I need to help my mom pastor the church. He said, I need to go to a Bible school and learn how to be a pastor. So instead of going to college, he went to Rama Bible School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, while he was at Rama, he's sitting in class thinking, I can't be here. My mom's in Mississippi struggling, trying to keep the church going. I got to get back to Mississippi and help my mom. So he left the college, went home to Mississippi, and at 19 years old, he became the pastor of the local church. Can you imagine that? Well, in the first year of pastoring, he lost more than half the people, which also means you lose more than half the income, right? So he said, all of a sudden it dawned on him, if I don't change, I am going to lose everything my father worked his whole life for. I could lose all of it in one year. So he said, I got desperate for change. He said, I took the TVs out of my apartment. He was a single guy back then. He said, I took all the TVs out. And he said, I set a goal for myself to read one book every single week. Now that's 52 books a year. But he said, when you don't have a TV on, you've got hours at night to just sit there and learn and grow and read. Well, he said, when he would go to the office, he would watch videos of people like Joel Osteen. And he would watch how Joel used his body language to really express his point. He would watch people like T.D. Jakes, how he used his voice inflection to really hammer a point. He said he watched people like John Maxwell, how he just sits on a stool, he puts a cough drop in his mouth, he shares his message, but when he really wants to make a point, he'll stand up and address the crowd. 
He said, I was just observing everything I could. Well, 10 years later, he pastors more than 5,000 people. He paid off his church building $11.5 million at 29 years old. You know what he said? As I began to grow, everything in my life began to grow. We can do this, can't we? You know, they say the average American watches four to six hours of TV every single day. By the time you're 60 years old, that's 15 years of your life just glued to the television. Or as I like to say, watching other people live their dream. What if we just turn the TV off for 20 minutes? Still watch your four hours and 40. (laughs) Just turn it off for 20 minutes and go in another room and read. I'm telling you, one year from now, you will be unrecognizable in a good way. So we can do this, can't we? Okay, my third habit. Gosh, y'all were hyper and now you got quiet on me. Okay, number three is successful people listen. They listen to audios. They use their drive time to not listen to music, but to listen to audio teaching, faith building messages, audio books. They're constantly looking for opportunities to increase their knowledge. Now we know Romans 10, 17, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? That means it's a continual present tense. See, faith comes by hearing, but faith goes by not hearing. So we have to constantly be hearing God's word. Well, back then, I was not disciplined at all. In fact, I would get up at the last minute to go to work, and I would turn on the radio and listen to music while I'm getting ready in the morning just to get the blood pumping, but my life wasn't changing. Well, all of a sudden, when I got desperate for change, I got a big old CD player. I went to my parents' house. I stole a bunch of their CDs, faith-building CDs, And I got a little post-it note, and I literally wrote, push play. And I put this on my bathroom mirror because I was so undisciplined. So I walked in there that first morning, and I went, oh, yeah, push play. So I pushed play, and I started hearing God's word, hearing God's word, hearing God's word. Let me just tell you, when you're hearing God's word, it's totally different than hearing will of fortune in the background. No, God's word gets down on the inside of you. And it starts to change you from the inside out. You start to think differently. You start to plan differently. You start to carry yourself a little differently. You start dreaming bigger and just kind of wondering things. Like I would start wondering, I wonder if I'll ever help people. And I'd think, no, I could never help anybody. And I'd go back to getting ready, but I'm pushing play. And then the more I did it, I'd start to wonder, I wonder if I'll ever write a book. And then I'd think, I'll never write a book. And I'd just keep getting ready. But I kept hearing the word, hearing the word, hearing the word until the faith got so big in me that it drowned out all the fear because faith comes by hearing, right? In fact, I remember hearing someone say, they said, don't share big dreams with small minds. Don't share your big dreams with small-minded people because small-minded people have a way of sucking the faith right out of you. But big minds have a way of elevating you to reach your potential, So I remember hearing those things, and I heard this story, which I loved, and it was about this guy who was struggling in life. He said he had pennies in his pocket, and he's just, nothing's going good in his life. So he said one day he just looked around at his closest friends, and he realized two things. His closest friends hated hard work and had no intention or desire to improve their lives. So he said he went up to this very wealthy, successful man and just said, if you could tell me anything to help me, improve my life, to be successful. He said, what would you say? And the wealthy man said four words. He said, keep the right company. That's it. 
keep the right company. So he said, okay. He said, I took his advice and I just made a list. He said, if someone could drag me down, I put their name on the list and I spent no more than five minutes with them. He said, if someone could improve my life, I put their name on the list and I spent as much time as possible with them. He said, after following this make it or break it list, within three years, he was a millionaire. Keep the right company. Now, how did I learn this principle? I told the first service, as I'm gluing my eyelashes on, I'm learning this stuff. Just by push and play (laughs) and hearing God's word, hearing success principles. So that's an easy one, isn't it? We can do that one. Okay, ready for number four? Okay, that guy over there wants to hear it. Number four. (laughs) Number four is one of my favorite topics I love to teach on, and it's to write and review your dreams and goals. Write and review your dreams and goals. Now, most of you know this because this is my third time at this church, but I found out that successful people do not leave their goals in their head. They actually get a pen and paper and they write them down. They say, don't just think it, ink it, right? That the most successful people, I'm talking about Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Ellen DeGeneres, Katy Perry, Jim Carrey, they write their dreams and goals. But this principle didn't come from Lady Gaga. It came from God's word. Habakkuk 2.2 says to write the vision, make it plain on paper. Do y'all remember the story of Napoleon Hill, how he went out and interviewed 500 millionaires back in the early 1900s? 500 millionaires. People like Alexander Graham Bell, John D. Rockefeller, Charles Schwab, Thomas Edison. And he wanted to find out, do they do anything in common that's made them so successful? He found out 500 millionaires had exactly one thing in common. You know what it was? Clearly defined written goals. Every single one of them write their goals on paper. So as I began to learn that in the morning, as I'm pushing play, I thought, I'm going to do this. So I started writing as big as I could. You know, I told you I was learning from John Maxwell. So I put a fake picture of me and John Maxwell in my dream book. I cut him out, cut me out, glued it together. And I said, I speak at events with John Maxwell. I put a picture from Joyce Meyer's website. I printed it out, chopped off Joyce's head, and I put my head on top. (laughs) Do what you got to do, right? And I said, I'm invited to speak at the largest churches and conferences in the world. I put a picture, since we got a Dutch community, I thought you would like this. I put a picture of the Netherlands, the map. And I said, my books are translated in five languages. One of them is Dutch. I don't know anybody that could do that, but I was just giving myself permission to dream. Just to summarize some of these real quick, there's a principle in God's word that you become what you behold. Whatever you keep before your eyes, it will eventually show up in your life. Here I am speaking at events with John Maxwell. He's my guest speaker next year. Here I am. I don't even have to show you the picture. Here I am today speaking at one of the largest churches in the world. Last year, I spoke to 20,000 entrepreneurs for the Amway conference. Here we are getting our books translated into Dutch. Is this coincidental? No. Because this is the principle I want you to get ingrained. When the vision is clear, the results will appear. I told you that last year. And many of you came up to me on the break telling me about all the things that have happened since I was here last year. Because you got crystal clear on what you wanted. When the vision is clear, the results will appear. Let me tell you this story real quick because I think it's so cute. 
And it's about this little girl named Liz who, this was back in the 1980s. When she was about six years old, her dad left her, didn't want anything to do with her. And so her mom was raising her. And her mom was working two jobs just to try to take care of them. But she kept saying, I'm working two jobs because my dream is one day you're going to go to college, you're going to get a good job, and my dream is one day you're going to take mama on a trip around the world. So she imparted this vision into Liz. Well, when Liz was like 11 or 12 years old, her aunt came to her and she said, Liz, you're at home by yourself a lot while mama's working. She said, I think you should join the Girl Scouts. She said, it'll give you something to do. You'll make some new friends and stuff. So she joined the Girl Scouts. And as soon as she gets in, they tell her, they said, here's the contest we have going on. Whoever sells the most boxes of cookies will win a trip for two around the world. That's all Liz needed to hear. She thought, I do not have to wait till I go to college, get a good job. She said, I'm going to win this thing and make my mom's dream come true. So here's what she did. Every single day when she got out of school, she would put her uniform on and go door to door in the apartment complex, asking people, would you like to buy a box of cookies? Well, she sold some cookies, but then here's the thing. She kept going to the same people every single day. The next day, she'd show up at the door. Would you like to buy a box of cookies? Well, the apartment manager came to her and her mom and said, listen, honey, you can't do this anymore. We're getting so many complaints from the residents. They said, you're kind of getting on people's nerves, so here's what we need you to do. Don't go door to door anymore, but we will let you set up a little table, a little booth by the elevator, and you can still sell your cookies. Liz said, this works out even better. I don't have to go to them. They got to get by me to get to the elevator. She said, but she changed her sales strategy. Every single day, she made sure her uniform was perfectly clean and ironed, and she would sit at her table, and she would say, listen, would you like to invest in me? See, my dream is to take my mom on a trip around the world, and I don't want to have to wait another 20 years to make this happen. Would you make my mom's biggest dream come true and invest in me? They said people were crying. <laughs> they said on average, they would buy a dozen boxes of cookies. Well, Liz won the contest. She sold over 10,000 boxes of cookies. She crushed the record. Here's the thing. After three or four years of being in the Girl Scouts, she sold over 44,000 boxes of cookies. All of a sudden, Disney came to her and said, we want to make a video about you. But it wasn't like a movie that you go watch at the theater. It was a training video to teach their employees how to sell. So all of a sudden, Liz became a speaker at conferences. Her mom went from two jobs to one job. She had enough college money. This little girl took her mom on a trip around the world twice by the age of 13. When the vision is clear, <laughs> the results will appear, isn't it? So I want you to know God is no respecter of persons. He just wants you to get a clear vision and then get a routine to back it up, right? Okay, and my last point, number five, is I found out that successful people exercise. And I don't have a whole lot of time to teach on this, but I had to stop looking at the one hour I don't have and look at the 20 minutes you do have and do something for 20 minutes. Go for a walk, do some jumping jacks, do some countertop push-ups, do something for 20 minutes. And you know, you might even say, Terry, 20 minutes is not gonna change my life. But do you know 20 minutes times 30 days in a month is 10 hours of physical exercise? You're going to feel better after 10 hours of investing in yourself, aren't you? But here's one of the biggest things I learned, and I want to share this real quick, 
is I found out that exercise is important and eating is so important, eating the right stuff, but what's coming out of your mouth is even more important. What are you speaking over your physical body? What are you speaking over your life? Because, you know, God's word says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, but it also says that we are snared by the words of our mouth. So when you're speaking negative words, you're literally trapping yourself into the very thing you don't want. So when I started saying things when I was 40 and 50, saying stuff like, no matter what I do, can't lose weight, just trapped myself into not losing weight. So here's what I began to learn. You've got to speak God's word out of your mouth. Because if you want to know where your life is headed, listen to the words coming out of your mouth. So I made a list of declarations and I started saying, I'm fit, firm, and muscular. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm healthy. I enjoy working out. I'm disciplined, spirit, soul, and body. I'm energetic. I'm enthusiastic about life. I eat whatever I want to eat and I maintain my perfect weight. (laughs) Then I backed it up with God's word and I started saying, God did not give me a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I am disciplined, spirit, soul, and body. And you know what? my body started getting in line with the words of my mouth. Change what you're saying and you'll change what you're seeing, right? So I wanted to challenge you with that because if you're getting into that rut where you start speaking these negative words constantly out of your mouth, that's exactly the way your life is going to go. And I forgot to mention this. I want to say this real quick. I didn't have time to teach you a lot about setting goals, but I put together a free download for you so that you can just kind of go down this checklist. Um, if you go to terry.com slash goals, I think they have a little, yeah, it's on the screen there. terry.com slash goals. Just do the QR code or whatever. But that way you're going to get this little checklist to just help make sure you're setting your goals the right way. I used to set them the wrong way for years. I would write New Year's Day, save money, lose weight, get closer to God, get out of debt, get organized. I didn't know I was setting myself up to fail because all of my goals were so vague. So I'm just going to show you how to set goals the right way if y'all want that. It's just a free little download. But here's what I wanted to mention. Tonight, I want you to write down three of your biggest dreams and goals that you are believing God for this year. I want you to, I want to hold you accountable to this. Write down three of your biggest dreams and goals that you're believing God for and bring it tonight because we're going to pray over it. You know, Matthew 18, 19 says, if two of you agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father in heaven. The Bible says there's power in prayer and in agreement, right? So I want to hold you accountable to really think about what you're believing God for. Write down three, and then tonight, we're going to hold them up before the Lord. We're going to present it, and I'm going to teach you how to activate the favor of God on your dreams. Does that sound good? Okay, I wanted to mention that so I didn't forget. So last thing I want to say is, you know, there was this famous bank robber, y'all may have heard of him, named Willie Sutton, who was constantly robbing banks. And finally, the police caught him, and they just said, why do you keep robbing all these banks? You know what he said? Because that's where the money is? (laughs) All I'm saying is your morning routine is where success is. If you will just get up every day and invest in you, the secret of your future is hidden in your daily routine. Does that help you today? Okay. Um, yay. Well, I, want to, I always like to bless people. I have this little, I call it the discipline to reach your goals kit. And it has a journal just like mine. 
and it has my book. It has the audio book. It has a habits calendar because it's not a typical calendar. It's a habits calendar. I learned this from Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian. He said, don't break the chain. So I've got this little habits calendar where you keep track. Did you read? Did you read even one paragraph? Then check it off. Did you do 10 jumping jacks? Then check it off. Did you spend two minutes talking to the Lord in prayer? Then check it off. But don't break the chain until all of a sudden it just becomes a way of life to you. Change your routine, change your life, right? So I want to bless somebody with this habits kit. Does anybody want this? This precious lady right here, she was the first to raise her hand. Here you go. Okay, wonderful. She said she's going to bless somebody else with it. So there we go. We just keep sowing seed, huh? So afterwards, I'll be back there because I'd love to give you a hug and tell you how much I appreciate you being here and sign books and, and whatever, sign the kit, whatever you want. But I wanted to close out with this. You know, I mentioned earlier about what I went through when I was 14 years old. I was telling the first service about this, and I haven't shared this in a long time, but when my daughter was 13, this was in 2010, we were in Australia, and I was speaking at different conferences, and I had it planned. I said, I'm going to tell my daughter exactly what I went through because I wanted her to know what happened to me on that gym floor and how it affected me. So we were in our hotel room in Sydney, Australia, and I'm telling Cassidy what I went through. And she just started bawling, like uncontrollably bawling. And then she started saying, Mama, who is he? Who was that guy that did that to you? What's his name? And she said, I want Daddy to find him. I want Daddy to beat him up. (laughs) And I told Cassidy, I said, Honey, that guy is not the enemy. Yes, the devil works through people, but the devil is the real enemy. I said, he has one plan for every single one of you in this room to kill, steal, and destroy your life. John 10, 10 tells us the thief comes only to kill, to steal, and destroy your life. I said, Cassidy, do you know how I get the devil back for what he did to me? I said, every time someone gets born again, every time someone gets a dream for their life, they get vision back in their life. Every time someone rededicates their life to the Lord, it's just like stabbing the devil. It's just like swinging the ax, right? (laughs) So I said, you know what I'm doing? I'm spending the rest of my life tormenting the devil. So I want all of you to stand up right now. And I believe in the name of Jesus that today is the day you're going to make the devil pay. You like that? Today's the day you're going to make the devil pay for all the torment he puts you through. And the way you do that is by making Jesus the Lord of your life. The way you do that is recommitting your life to him. Is there anybody in here who feels like that? It's time to make the devil pay. I want you to raise your hands. That's a lot of hands all over the place. Well, how about we all lift our hands to heaven and let's just repeat this prayer of salvation after me. Let's seal the deal, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I declare Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross for me. I ask you into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I declare today, March the 19th, is a new beginning. I'm going to make the devil pay. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. 
For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.